0: captain's logs Han Solo I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon
1: this is captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation starship Enterprise
0: listening to Captain's Logs and
1: Lightsabers, part of the Geek News Now Podcast Network. Hey, Captain's Logs and Lightsabers listeners. Got tats? Love your ink? But are you worried that your art will fade over time and the cost to keep it looking vibrant and fresh gets to be too much? Well, that's where Mad Rabbit comes in. After just one use, you'll see how Mad Rabbit is effective on old and new tattoos. All natural ingredients are used to keep this from feeling oily or greasy. Even better, use promo code CLLPOD and save a whopping 20% on every purchase. Keep your ink looking great and save money. Check it out, madrabbit.com, promo code CLLPOD. Hey, welcome to episode 26 of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers podcast. We are the podcast on the Geek News Now network that talks both Star Trek and Star Wars in the same show. My name is Jonathan, and joining me, unfortunately though he missed last episode, he's back, my co-host Chris. How's it going?
2: I'm doing good, Jonathan. How are you today?
1: I'm great. It's uh, it's wonderful to get to record with you again. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. You too. Uh, we're going to talk about Steel City Con, which Chris and I both went to at the end of March, that first weekend of April. And we're going to talk about our experiences there, talk about the cool things we saw, bought, did, panels attended, and so on. So uh, hang around for that. But before we get into that, we're going to start the show the way we always do, and that's with How Did You Geek This Week? Chris, take it
2: away all right well this has been a pretty interesting weekend so my wife and i went to a used book sale this weekend yesterday and today um yesterday i got the big things that i wanted uh before would all be picked over so i got a lot of star trek books and i also got a a copy of the klingon dictionary which was really cool um got some dvd sets including the entire series for the honeymooners i don't know if anybody likes the honeymooners out Mm -hmm. there from the 50s but finally got that whole set on DVD, so that was nice. Went back today, uh, got a whole bunch of different Star Trek, Star Wars books, a whole bunch of other different movies I had been interested in. So that was a lot of fun. Um, And then also just today, actually within the last hour and a half. So I'm a member of Starfleet International, as I've said before. I'm a member of the USS Stella Parada here in Pittsburgh. So I'm up right now for to possibly be nominated as the first officer for the group. And what I had to do was take several exams through what's called Starfleet Academy to actually be able to be promoted to do that. Mm -hmm. So I finished my last test today uh, out of the four, and I'm just waiting to hear back about the vote of of confidence from the rest of the Stella Parada crew. So fingers crossed I get that promotion. (laughs) Uh, Good luck to you. I hope you get it. Thank you.
1: No, no. (laughs) I know you're really passionate about Stella Parada and and being part of Mm -hmm. Starfleet International. So I'm happy for you that you have that opportunity.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a blast. I really love them. So how did you geek this week? A couple different ways, kind of like you.
1: So um, the first thing, uh, Kylie and I decided to stop at uh, the Hallmark store in Belvernon because she had some coupons that she had received, like for some bonus points dollars off thing and she wanted to see if they had any of the vera bradley stuff on sale and she found a bag so uh but i actually found the complete set of the star trek uh keepsake hallmark ornaments um with the 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 ones that uh have the the magic sound dialogue and with the the from the mirror mirror episode Nice. Um, which I know they released those figures over the course of the past two years, 2022 and 2023. I was able to find all six ornaments for 75% off each one. Nice. So they were 850 dollars a piece.
2: You said this was that Hallmark and Bell Vernon. Yeah. Nice deal.
1: <laughs> right? I couldn't yeah. believe they were so cheap.
2: Mm-hmm. And I hadn't bought any of them, so mm-hmm. I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> mm. Well... I have something to tell you. Kylie's probably going to love this. Brandy found all five of the Funko Pop New Kids on the Block figures. Good for her. Yes. We, were, we knew they were getting ready to come out, but we had to go to two different game stops in Greensburg, but we found them all.
1: So you went to the one at the mall and the one uh, by Walmart, I assume.
2: You got it. So that was another little side geek thing.
1: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, So, yeah, um, I don't know if we have ever really talked about it too much on the show, but my wife and Chris's wife are huge fans of New Kids on the Block, so uh, they go to concerts every single time they're in the area. Uh, My wife and I have actually driven as far as Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is about three hours east of us, to go see them twice.
2: Oh yes, and and Brandy has taken me many about nine times since two thousand nine to go to these concerts. <laughs> I'm telling everybody, ladies and gentlemen, I know more about the Wahlbergs than any forty two year old husband should. Okay, <laughs> so it just, so I mean, but it's fun. It's all fun watching her. Her face light up, and she's gone to three Star Trek conventions with me in Las Vegas, so I can't complain.
1: Yeah, she gets. uh she gets three concerts for every Star Trek Las Vegas. That pretty sounds much, about right.
2: Pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> do I mean, seriously, if you've have you gone to one? one oh of yeah, yeah. I've been to a few. Oh yeah, they're a blast. They really are. You know, yeah. so if people were thinking all oh, they're just old kids on the block now, no, they're not. They got more energy than a lot of thirty year olds do now. Okay, <laughs> they got more energy than I do. That's for sure. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> You know so, uh so
1: contrary to popular belief uh, if you if this is your first episode this is not the new kids on the block podcast nope <laughs> so um we're going to try to get this train back on the rails here um chris so i know you weren't able to join us for the last episode where we, uh dave fur and i from gnn talked about all of the star wars celebration news mm-hmm. so i wanted to Give you time to give your thoughts on on everything that we heard out of that convention. What were your favorite things uh, to see?
2: What were your favorite announcements, so on? Well, I definitely am looking forward to the Ahsoka series coming out. When is that? This fall? Uh, I believe that's actually that's August. Oh, is it is it August right that early? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I watched the trailer. It looks really interesting. I'm excited about seeing some of the Star Wars Rebels characters coming into live action. Mm -hmm. seems the people that they got to play Sabine and Hera, they seem to fit the roles pretty well. I'm really excited to see what's going on with Grand Admiral Thrawn. We know from the end of Rebels, he disappeared with Ezra. And I believe Ezra's in the trailer, too, at one point, isn't he? In in a hologram or?
1: I believe we see what looks like it could be Ezra from behind. I think okay. it's like a, a shot from behind of his head. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I think, yeah, you're right. This is just basically a, a live-action sequel to Star Wars Rebels, and I'm here for it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Soka's really grown on me over the years. At first, it was just like, oh, she's just an animated character. But she's one of probably the most well-developed characters in all Star Wars. Oh, for sure. At this point, you know, she's got a lot of story, a lot of good arc, a lot of history. So it'd be nice. It would be nice to see her in her own show and getting her to see what she can do, you know, as a Jedi past, you know, past the Empire and to see what happens. Mm -hmm. It'd it'd Mm -hmm. be great. What about you? Any thoughts on your end? Oh, I mean, you know, if if anybody wants to hear my
1: complete geek out thoughts of it. They can check out our last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I mean, I'm excited for it all. Let's just, let's, let's just be honest.
2: Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, are, that, where's that, uh, uh, that surreal world. What's it called? World without a world, be- the world between worlds, world between worlds. That's it. That's going to, I can't wait to see how they end up using that. in the, I, in the series. I,
1: yeah. And I hope they don't overuse it because it, it was, kind, it was just, weird enough to work for animation but i don't know how practical it'll be in in live action it mm-hmm. might i don't know i i don't know time travel is so weird in mm-hmm. in this kind of stuff and it always just messes with everything yeah um because you know there's there's it's just so hard to make or to you know to introduce time travel and make it not suck
2: Oh, <laughs> well, absolutely and change things and then everybody's fighting about the timeline being ruined and oh yeah
1: I yeah get it. yeah uh out of the three uh movies that we had announced which one are you most looking forward to
2: oh boy so i think as of now the one i'm looking forward to is the one with ray at this okay point. is that supposed to be like episode 10 i guess kind of
1: I don't think it's technically episode 10. I I do believe and and who knows if 10 years from now they decide to revisit this, but I'm fairly certain that episode 9 was supposed to be the conclusion of the numbered episodes. Anything that takes place after mm-hmm. is because it doesn't as heavily feature the skywalkers. I think mm-hmm. it's, you know, that that whole convention of of numbering the films is done. I think we're just going to get continuing stories
2: beyond Episode nine, but it's not going to be numbered anymore. Oh, I got you. That makes, that actually makes sense. That makes sense. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a continuation of Ray's storyline. I know a lot of people didn't like her, but I always thought Ray was a very good, fascinating character. And it'll be nice to see her. I guess this movie has something to do with her setting up the new Jedi order, mm-hmm. to that effect. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes and seeing if maybe Luke comes back as a force ghost and helps guide her. You know, it's those kind of things. It'll be right. Yeah, so that movie's supposed to be out what in the next two years, maybe. Mm, I believe that
1: is the first movie that's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay. thought for certain it was going to be Dave Filoni's mm-hmm. um, conclusion of the Mandoverse. but yeah, I think the Ray is actually the the one that's closest to being done, which is surprising. Right.
2: Yeah, I, that one's. It, it'll be interesting. The Mando one's going to be very good as well. Oh yeah. Uh, even, even though it'll, it's so it's supposed to close that whole. Not just the Mandalorian, but what else? The uh, what, Ahsoka and whatever else is in that time area?
1: Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah. Okay. Every, everything that has kind of been part of that whole Mandoverse or, or risen out of the Mandoverse with Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett. Okay. I, I think it's all going to just tie up neatly with, the, with that
2: movie. Okay. Now I did get to only watch bits and pieces of Star Wars Celebration. By the way, their their live stream was really good that whole mm-hmm. weekend. Um, did they say anything about continuing Book of Boba Fett? They did not make any announcements either way.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So I have no clue what's coming up next. Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll see. I guess we'll just have to. You know, play it by ear and see what happens. You know, right? But, uh, what they've got right now, the slate that they came out with was very impressive and exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm know? just hoping all of it sees the light of day. Yes, yes. There, if there, it's kind of like with Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Four. It's kind of like it keeps things keep popping up on the internet and then it goes away, then it's back, then it's away again. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, let's fingers crossed on that. I did see that um, there was the new series, The Acolyte. Yeah, that was supposed to be When that was supposed to be what within the next year.
1: That is sometime in twenty twenty four, I do believe. So uh, they haven't given a firm announcement. They did show some footage um, in in the panel in the Mm -hmm. acolyte panel, but it was only for the people that were in that panel. So um, you might be able to find some grainy, uh, like hand, (laughs) like phone camera videos uh, of the screen uh, on YouTube, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, the quality is going to be odd, and it's it was meant for basically anybody that was at that panel in particular. So,
2: Oh, I got you. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Now, does the Acolyte take place during the High Republic era?
1: It takes place closer to the prequels than it does the High Republic. So oh. it's somewhere between, I don't know, say 50 and 20 years prior to episode one. Okay, I, I may be a little off with that timeline. It may actually be a little closer to the High Republic. It might be like ninety-nine to you know years mm-hmm. or or so. Okay, because essentially the High Republic concludes about one hundred fifty years prior to the prequel, so the accolade okay. takes place somewhere in that
2: uh, that time frame. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So that'll be, that's interesting to know. By the way, I know you and I have talked a number of shows back about the High Republic books. Mm-hmm. I ma- managed to go to Ollie's about two weeks ago, and I got managed to get a copy of this first book, Light of the oh, nice. Jedi, for three bucks. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. So, been wanting to check that out. So now I have it. I can start reading it and let you know.
1: I, I will. I will give you a heads up. There are a lot of characters introduced, okay. um, uh, almost too many to keep track of. So. Okay. If you want to take notes while you're reading it, I would I okay. would suggest that because uh, it, it's I mean you figure that it, it's the first book to kick off an entirely new era of Star Wars, so it had to introduce everything, sure, you know, and mm-hmm. and really um, try to paint a picture of what the High Republic is all about. And I mean, it succeeds, but it can be very very daunting and very confusing to keep track of it all.
2: Okay, well, thanks for letting me know that. I'll I'll try to keep track of everybody and see yeah. what I can do. But I can't wait to talk to you about it because it's it looks like a good book series. I just never got to read it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it.
1: It yeah, it's enjoyable. I I mean, it has some it has some books that are better than others. Let's be true. honest. But that's mm-hmm. that's any uh sure. you know any series that's based on a on a sci fi property. Mm-hmm. So. Not everything can be a winner, but for the most part, it's, you know, it's a compelling story. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm invested in it again because Mm -hmm. I had kind of lost interest for a while and now I'm starting to get back in. It's like whenever they went from phase one to phase two, which phase two went back even further in time. Mm -hmm. So I guess when phase two wraps up, then they're going to go back to the timeline that was started in phase one with light of the Jedi. So, Oh, apparently it's all supposed to tie in somehow, but I don't know. Okay. It was just weird because you, you get used to a certain group of characters and then they basically say, okay, we're going to take you back in time and introduce a whole bunch more stuff. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So it's a bit. Yeah. Sure. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: in, in the time since we last recorded, uh, the season three for a couple different shows that we're both really into wrapped up. So of course we had the season three finale of Mandalorian come out last week as we're recording this. So Chris, um, we're not going to do a full breakdown of the, the season, but just give me a couple things that you liked about it. A couple of things that you didn't like about Mando season three. Okay.
2: Oh, what I liked about it is I, I like the whole Mandalorian arc of them going back to Mandalore taking, reclaiming their planet. Um, What I didn't like about the season as a whole is they seem to have a lot of filler episodes that didn't really, really seem to move the plot further. For example, the, the episode with uh, the young boy who was kidnapped by that dragon bird, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then they, they ended up uh, finally rescuing him. I didn't really enjoy that one. I kind of got lost through it. I was just kind of like, okay, what point does this have to make for the whole season? unless I missed it.
1: I I think the whole point of that was to build that relationship, to restore that relationship between Din and Paz Vizsla.
2: Because
1: if you remember uh, in uh, the book of Boba Fett, if you remember Paz Vizsla fought Din for the Darksaber and lost. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think that whole episode was just to, to build that relationship between Din and Paz so that he would trust Din and they would, be able to unite together to complete the mission to get rid of Moff Gideon and, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, off of, off of Mandalore and, and reclaim the planet.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it was a filler episode. really. But <laughs> it, 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 now you putting it that way in the larger picture, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, what else there? Oh, I mean, it wasn't an awful season. It just, I think, um, what was the episode with Lizzo and Jack Black that they went to? Yeah, <laughs> That one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, Jack Black, I really enjoyed him in the role. Lizzo, I thought, was very wooden in the role, to be honest. Very much,
1: yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
2: I was afraid to say anything, because I was afraid I'd be like, everybody would be like, you're being mean to Lizzo, but I just didn't think she's... She doesn't have the acting chops yet. No, no, no I, mean, I mean... That's okay. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's just... That was just one little complaint about the episode. Yeah, but uh, I mean, how many singers,
1: though? You know, they they make the leap from yeah. from music to acting, and yeah. you know, their first couple things are always a little rough. Let's be sure. honest. I Absolutely. mean, you mm-hmm. know, J Lo is a
2: much better actress now than she was in her first couple appearances. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. So I mean, maybe we'll see her again, and you know, maybe she'll put on a, a better performance. She just needs practice. That's all. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I,
1: I have no doubt that she can do it because she is crazy talented.
2: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so basically, those are just the little minor complaints. But overall, the season, I, I did enjoy this stuff where they went back in, he, and Dinjar and redeemed himself in the, was it the Caves of Mandalore? Is that what it's called? Uh, or the Mata? Living Waters. Yeah. So getting to see the Mythosar and went through Bo-Katan's eyes. And, and basically, she was afraid that nobody would believe her. Yes, I also thought it was really interesting how the armorer allowed Bo-Katan and her followers and her sect to actually remove their helmets. About how she said that they that basically she's a part of both worlds. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, and then obviously that the finale was re- I, well, The finale was really good in the simple fact of that it was nice to see Moff Gideon back and to see him with these uh, these what are they new shock troopers or death troopers?
1: Um. So, I know he had done the new Death Trooper armor for himself, which was made partially out of Beskar. Yeah. They had those white Stormtroopers that had Beskar armor, or at least, you know, some form or some incorporation of Beskar. But then you had the the Praetorian Guard in red. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Were there any other soldiers that had like the the purple like light pikes, or was it just the Praetorian
2: Guard? I think it was just the Praetorian Guard. Okay. It, now the, the the soldiers in the white those were not Death Troopers, right? Those I, I assumed that they were. I thought that's what Moth Gideon had said, but you're saying it was Death Death Trooper armor that he was wearing. Correct. He okay. was he was the one that created the the second generation Death
1: Trooper armor using okay. Beskar, and I think his armor was the first basically the prototype of that. prototype
2: okay okay so it was nice. his I mean, he certainly looked great in that 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 outfit and the the uh the troopers with the with the beskar on that was it was just a really interesting interesting scenes to watch the battle between the mandalorians mm-hmm. and his forces see also what else did I, I really enjoyed that we finally got some answers about why Moff Gideon wanted grogu a couple seasons mm-hmm. ago so basically what what it was is they 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 wanted his blood so that they could Clone Gideon, but put the Force in him. Is that basically what I was getting? Yes, I think okay. you're right. Okay, all right. Yeah, that was fascinating. It's good that we finally got those answers. Mm-hmm. I was I was surprised to see the Dark Saber get destroyed. That was uh, that was kind of I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I I, I wasn't either. But I'm kind of glad it's gone
1: because mm-hmm. really, it was it was fine in Clone Wars in the beginning of Mando, but. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, what purpose did it serve? It was just basically a thing. It was a MacGuffin, right? It was yeah, just a much. kind of a, honestly kind of a lazy plot device, if I'm being perfectly mm. honest. So mm. I'm not I'm not upset that it's gone.
2: Oh. Yeah, I mean it, it was I mean it looked neat on screen, but I mean you're right. There was too much dependence on that. And, and you know, I don't know. I'm hoping that now that it's gone, maybe that'll just kind of reshape some of Mandalore a little bit, that plot. Of, of the leadership, but it looks like Bo-Katan has been restored to power in, in it would the end. That way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, those are some of my basic thoughts about the season. Um, it could have been stronger, but it wasn't horrible. It wasn't too bad. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree with you pretty much on, on all
1: your major points. Uh, I, I thought that everything with bringing Gideon back and, and showing his motivation. Uh, I, I like how, You know, even though he had used the the Beskar resources on Mandalore Mm -hmm. to create this armor, he's not a Mandalorian, so he is not as adept with working with Beskar as the Mm -hmm. Mandalorians are. So they were essentially the Mandalorians were able to pretty easily and handily defeat the the stormtroopers, even though they were supposedly both using Beskar armor. Mm -hmm. But I just think that, of course, you know, Mandalore for however many thousands of years, generations had been working with Best Card, so you know they knew how best to use it, of course.
2: Sure, sure. There were a couple times where it felt like the armorer was a, a traitor or she was some sort of spy. Did you ever get that feeling? Uh I I just I don't know. I don't think I don't think I
1: ever really believed she was a spy. I think okay. that was a that was kind of a popular theory that was going around because you know because that one episode was titled spies yeah and We only ever had one spy revealed
2: okay so okay. i think people were just expecting another one and then you know of course uh, mm-hmm. headcanon runs wild sure absolutely yeah that makes sense that makes sense one last question for you do you think moff gideon is dead yeah i think he's dead you do i okay. think
1: they need to i think three seasons of him as a threat is enough i think mm-hmm. they need to move on Okay.
2: That's a good point.
1: I mean, essentially, if you look at the end of the season of the Mando, so I like how, you know, you kind of had that soft reset where mm-hmm. you've got Mando and Grogu that can kind of go off on adventures because Din Jarin is Din Grogu's uh, master, essentially, kind of a master apprentice relationship similar to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And then you could have a B plot of episodes where. You're with Bo Katan and the other Mandalorians, and you could essentially switch back and forth between the two different plots mm-hmm. throughout the season.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, where do you? Let me ask you this: Do you have any idea where a season four might go from here?
1: Honestly, no clue. And mm-hmm. if we don't get a season four, season three kind of felt like it ended in in a nice, mm-hmm.
2: neat package. Really. Sure, it did. So that final it, scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you know, if it if it's done, it, it had a good run. We'll just we'll just definitely say that. Mm-hmm. You know? But and then we have the movie eventually coming, so at least we we'll right. have another possible ending. You know, if people aren't satisfied with this one, so
1: right. All right. That's not the only season three that came to an end last week. As we're recording, uh, the other one was also well, this one was definitively a finale uh, of the series in general, and that was Picard season three. Mm -hmm. So Chris, I know you have been a a massive fan of Picard season three, and I think we both agree that it was a far better season three than Mando season three. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. (laughs) So um, without Without going too, too deep, uh, because we do want to do a full breakdown of of the season uh, in another episode, what are the the two of the best things, uh, story points, plot points, uh, moments in the show, callbacks to uh, the next generation, whatever,
2: just lay it out there. What were your favorite parts of Picard season three? Absolutely. Number one was the resurrection of the Enterprise D, without a doubt. The Enterprise D has always been my favorite of the Enterprises. And to see the saucer section from from the next generation, it was rescued, we find out. It's been getting restored for over 20 years by Geordi himself. And yes, they hooked on another battle section from another ship, but it doesn't matter. And then for them to walk on that bridge and it's back to the way it was during most of the series run, just incredible. Just an incredible moment of nostalgia. It's like going home. It'd be like you and I going back to Cal U. You know, it's been a number of years. You know, it's just it, feeling like we're home. You know, right? And uh so that to me, that was that was just wonderful. I always thought the Enterprise D was gone, and you know, it was it was just it. But to actually not only have it resurrected, but actually have it be where it saved all of humanity, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was just a wonderful. It was just wonderful, and just seeing the crew with their with the emotion of being back at their stations and back, you know, on the on that bridge, it was wonderful. The second moment that I really enjoyed the most was it's kind of it's kind of a tie It's between when we got the brand new Enterprise G. that mm-hmm. was really cool. I, I was a little disappointed. I was kind of hoping that the Enterprise G would show up, but I was hoping it would be an all new ship instead of it just being a renamed Titan. So now the, the ship has been the original Titan, then it was rebuilt into the Titan A, and now it's the Enterprise G. <laughs> so three different ships, essentially. You know, so I thought it would have been more fun to have had something new, but that, But other than that, it's okay. I'm just glad there's a new Enterprise. And it looks like that's going to lead into a spinoff with Seven to Nine and Raffi and Jack. Anything? Which I
1: can't, yeah, I can't yeah. wait for that if that happens.
2: I can't, at this point, I can't see how it won't happen. After the way they set that up, having the three of them on the bridge of the Enterprise and then having that little end credit scene with, with Jack on the ship mm-hmm. and being confronted by Q, there's no way they're not going to set this up for something. Has to be.
1: Yeah, and and, and can we just let Terry Metallus show
2: run all of the new Trek on Paramount Plus, please? Yeah. Please, Terry Metallus, we need you. Yes. Yeah. You know the story. You know these characters. You're big on continuity. Please. This was one of the best seasons of Star Trek I've seen in a long time. Very true. So, what were your thoughts about the season?
1: Oh, I mean, I was blown away by each and every episode. Just Mm -hmm. the way that everything built upon what the the episode that came before it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just... Just seeing everything with Jack unravel, and and having, you know, we we go from not knowing what the threat is to discovering that there are basically genetically modified changelings mm-hmm. that then had an alliance with the Borg, yes. <laughs> because because Picard, you know, Captain Picard or Admiral Picard passed on Borg. DNA essentially whenever Jack was born, and Jack is part Borg, just like Picard. And I thought that was just so brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it it was just layers upon layers upon layers. It was mm-hmm. so intricately designed, so intricately written. Yes. And I I have to go back and watch the whole thing now because just mm-hmm. to see how everything falls into place.
2: Yes. I mean, you're absolutely right about the the plot and and the the villains and everything. I mean, this whole time you think that the changelings are the ones who are running this whole operation. And here we find out it's the Borg. I honestly did not expect that. (laughs) I I Mm -hmm. thought it was going to go all the way to the changelings all the way through, which was a nice continuation from Deep Space Nine. The only thing that I wish they would have done was kind of wrap the changeling part up a little bit more. As soon as we found out in Episode Nine it was the Borg, all of a sudden the changelings kind of just like, Drifted away. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like they didn't really mention much. In the finale, all they really said was is basically they were just captured and then they rescued. They didn't kill most of the people that they Mm -hmm. uh, took over. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That that would be maybe the only thing that I wish they would have wrapped up a little bit better. But it was nice seeing the boar queen again. You know, Mm -hmm. she looked pretty, pretty gruesome. It was literally right? Something right out of The Walking Dead with her character, you know, <laughs> and, and seeing I love the connection that they had to the Voyager finale after Voyager. They brought that virus into the Borg Collective and it, right? basically, it literally decimated the entire collective and the, the Queen's basically feeding off the biological components of her, whatever's left of her drones on that ship just to survive. Yeah, you know, and you're right about the assimilation process. That the whole thing with the organic DNA that was a that was an amazing story plot, and it was perfect how they used that to kind of explain why Picard could still hear the Borg, even going back to first contact.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, yeah, for a race that's mostly technological, they still had some carbon based DNA that made mm-hmm. you know that I, I guess it would what a, a combination, essentially an uh, you know a union of whatever species was assimilated by the Borg, plus the Borg tech and the nanoprobes, it just somehow formed some sort
2: of DNA that was uniquely Borg. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and it was really cool about how they said that the, the new DNA affected people under the age of 25 when the brain fully developed i thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool you know because i teach that to a lot of my clients my younger clients in therapy about the brain being developed at 25 so that becoming a plot point for this borg stuff i thought was really cool nice personal tie-in
1: yeah 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 for both of us who work in mental health that was a that was a fun fun uh yeah i I mean i don't know who uh, i don't know who wrote that episode that that, Mm -hmm. and put that in there but. I mean, yeah, it was just amazing to to see that real world callback, um, yes. and and that's what Trek has always done so well is is bring yeah. in modern concepts or you know accepted concepts, but mm-hmm. adapted in such a way, you know, in the future. But you know, just using real science to adapt and, and
2: create a story is is always one of the things I've loved about Trek. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's been like that ever since the creation almost 60 years ago, seeing all this real life stuff come into fruition, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was, it was, uh, so overall, I think it was a wonderful season. Did you have any moments where you choked up a little bit, got emotional? Oh, I mean, (laughs) is it fair to say every time that we
1: had a legacy character introduced? And I, I just thought that every, I mean, Oh my God, Jordy! The Jordy and Data stuff, the Jordy stuff with his daughters—it was mm-hmm. all so compelling, mm-hmm. so incredible.
2: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Did when you were younger, did you watch Voyager?
1: I did not watch it when I was younger. I didn't okay. cat I didn't start watching Voyager
2: until uh, college, actually. Okay. Well, I I watched when Voyager premiered, I was in eighth grade and I was a sophomore in college when the series ended. So I watched it from beginning to end Mm -hmm. as it was on. So I have a lot of emotional attachment to that. So in episode six, when they were at the Fleet Museum and Voyager showed up and seven and nine, you could just Jerry Ryan's performance at that moment was just brilliant. Just Mm -hmm. the emotion on her face, looking at the ship and talking about how she was reborn there. And, you know, that. How much that impacted her life. It just it was just a beautiful moment. I, I won't deny I choked up during that part. Well, they had the Voyager Q playing the music playing as well right mm-hmm. at that moment, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. made it even more emotional. You know, just it was the whole season, like you said, was just full of little moments, you know, that made everybody feel good. And I and I hear people online complaining all oh, the season focused too much on member berries. There was a reason for that. This season needed the member berries. This was of bringing everybody back. You know, and there needed to be a big thing with nostalgia in it. And it finally, because of that, we got to have some closure on some stories like the Rolarin story and mm-hmm. Picard's 30 years of being angry at her. I had always wondered for all these years, whatever happened to her. And now we finally have resolution. Right. With, with that. Shelby was another one. Uh, I always wondered after the best of both worlds, what happened to Shelby? Then all of a sudden there she is commanding the Enterprise F. You know, it's like, you know, and and the the Borg tie in that with Riker on the bridge with him saying, you know, it's ironic that she fought the Borg and yet she's okay with the interlinking of the entire fleet. You know, that was that was that was kind of ironic. Yeah. 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 So but yeah, it was it was a great season. It was a great send off to the next generation that they didn't get after Nemesis. I'm happy about it. I'm just hoping that we get the legacy spinoff.
1: I hope so. Fingers Mm -hmm. crossed. I think, I mean, I I think that the overwhelming fan response to Picard season three has justified, you know, the existence of legacy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I mean, if we, I have not seen so much positive Trek talk Mm -hmm. in, in years on Twitter on, I mean, like yeah you know, our 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 podcast page on twitter is following terry Metalis and mm-hmm. uh and and St- uh, Todd stashwick and um it it's just it just seeing all of these posts from these guys and, and and how involved they are with the fans and and interacting is just it's a great time to be a trek fan
2: it sure is it sure is and i'm really hoping that with strange new worlds coming into season 2 and we've seen the teaser trailer for that we have the Section Thirty-One movie happening, and the Starfleet Academy series is is green lit. You know, I'm hoping things are going to go really, really well. But it needs to have the quality that Picard Season Three had, or mm-hmm. else we're going to go back to the same fandom butting heads with each other that we've had. What since Discovery started? Yeah. I mean, they've always butted heads. Let's be honest. But at the same time, we're talking about like the new Trek era. You know, Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to hear more of the positive stuff. And it was nice seeing that for a change, like on Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I just, it's, it's great to see it, you know, people getting along and people just talking about Trek. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... ah. I've missed it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have too. I have too. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, it's unbearable sometimes going on and watching the fans literally tearing themselves apart. I mean, we have to be honest here. I mean, as much as we lo- all love Star Trek, it's a TV show and movie franchise. And people are really like literally in real life tearing themselves apart and r- ripping into each other over a TV show and a movie. If we say that, you know, of course we all love it. Otherwise we wouldn't all be talking passionately about it. Exactly, you know, but I mean, come on! You know, people don't need to be like, going for the jugular with each other over over this. I mean, come on, right? Right? You know? and I know so, Star Wars isn't any better, or Doctor no. Who, or it's all the same. No,
1: no, every fandom is kind of the same. But exactly, I, I think the, the positive voices are are definitely more numerous than the negative voices. Sure. But it's it's the negative voices that talk the loudest, unfortunately. Absolutely, yes, sir.
0: Don't get technical
1: with me. Logic. It is the beginning of wisdom, Valeris, not the end. The Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense. So, all right. um, I I think we've kind of discussed Picard and Mando Mm -hmm. as much as I want to get into for this episode. So let's kind of shift our focus and cover what I said we were going to do at the top of the episode. And that is talk about our experiences at Steel City Con back Mm -hmm. uh, March 31st through April 2nd. So... Mm -hmm. Um, Chris, what were your overall impressions of the show floor, the artist alley? How, what did you think of the organization of it? What, did you have any, um, favorite vendors that you talked to or
2: bought stuff from? Oh, yes, definitely. So I thought that this, this show was organized and it was just a lot better than the previous show was. Well, mm-hmm. City Con's always a good time, no matter what, but at the last show, that the Saturday show was so packed with people that you couldn't move. Like you were literally at a standstill for a couple minutes in one spot. And they tried getting people to direct traffic and stuff. And it was just, it just, it wasn't working. Everybody was doing their own thing. And then you had people that were, you know, cosplayers, they were stopping because people wanted pictures and like, they weren't going to the sides, you know, they were just, it was just, it Mm -hmm. was a chaotic mess. And then I heard over in the hotel, where they had lines for autographs and, and photo ops, and it, it was just as congested over there, and nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, This one seemed to be a lot better. I I, I went on Friday the first day, um, definitely hit my favorite vendors. There's Wild Bills. I don't know if you saw them, That they're the ones who have that soda fountain mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and stuff. So I bought a stainless steel mug there. And I spent 60 bucks on it. I didn't know it was that much money. (laughs) But it was free refills, the whole convention. So I got my money's worth out of it. It's a beautiful stein. It really is with the logo Mm -hmm. on it. Um, So I made sure I hit them up a bunch of times. There is a booth near uh, the hallway going into Artist Alley. And uh, they're from a, a company called Time and Space, and they have a lot of like Star like Star Trek stuffed animals, a whole bunch of different stuffed animals. I usually hit them up because I always find something Star Trek or Star Wars or like from the Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even bought a couple of Three Stooges things from them a couple of nice a year or two ago. So that's that's I always go to them first thing. There was also a vendor that. Uh, that i've been to a couple times they made star trek pillows for my office but they also make teddy bears and i managed to get this uh this star wars one for 25 bucks so oh that is really cool yeah mostly pe- obviously people can't see it but it's this fabric it's got a space and it's called, it says star wars on it has a millennium falcon on it and a couple x-wings so i named them falcon
1: yeah it kind so of it kind of yeah. looks like you know like um Material you material you would buy it like Joanne Fabrics or yeah. somewhere like that, and then somebody just uh, stitched that into the shape of a bear, did the the polyfill, and you know sewed them up in the back.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the reality is all of these people who come in for Artist Alley or do these kind of crafts are extremely talented. You know, so I try to throw some business to certain ones as much as I can. There's another lady that sits in Artist Alley who does a lot of pillows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandy bought what she a couple shows back, bringing new kids into it. She made new kids on the block pillows out of the sheets from the 80s. And so Brandy managed to get pillows for all five of the of the band. And the lady actually made her a New Kids on the Block tote bag from those sheets in the interval nice. between two shows. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So we always try to throw her business, but she didn't have anything Star Trek, so I didn't do anything this time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't really shop a lot in Artist Alley. I usually just kind of walk through uh, just to kind of see what people are making. Um, but I, I like always walking by the 501st Legion booth. hmm they always have some pretty neat cosplayers. Did you happen to see the cosplayer of uh, Darth Vader dressed up as the Easter bunny? I did. Yes. Did you? That and, was amazing. Yes. Now So he his lightsaber lit up in what? Easter colors, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw him in the December show too when he was dressed as Santa Vader. And his, his <laughs> lightsaber was like a candy cane that lit up like a candy cane. It was, oh, that that's was brilliant. Really neat. So if he's <laughs> back in the summertime, it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with. For sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I, I think I ended up seeing him on Sunday on the last day of the con.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, there are a lot of co- great cosplayers. It's hard to kind of stop sometimes and, and try to get everybody's, you know, pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's really neat to go there and look. The Funko Pops there are pretty, pretty popular. Oh, of course. Yeah, I like, mean, they always. Yeah. Yes. Did you happen to get a free monster energy drink from their booth? I
1: think I got one every day, actually. Did you really?
2: <laughs> that was a very, I actually got one. I got the Ultra Strawberry. That's the first energy drink I've ever had. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm not really big on energy drinks. I love caffeine, but I never tried them before. And I think yeah. Red Bull tastes like carbonated apple juice to me, and I don't like it.
1: Yeah, so. Red Bull is
2: definitely not...
1: I mean, it's it's a, it's a very... I guess, traditional flavored energy mm-hmm. drink. Um, but yeah, Monster kind of really took the concept and ran with it, introducing all the different flavors that they have over the yes. years.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Let's see some of the other stuff that I got. I got a, I got a, a, a Star Trek action figure for five bucks. It was uh, Seska as a Cardassian from Voyager. That She was my favorite villain out of all Star Trek. So I have her hanging up in my man cave on the wall. <laughs> uh, I, I bought a picture of Kelsey Grammer when he was guest starring on the next generation. There was only one left. I didn't get to meet Kelsey Grammer. I didn't get to get assigned or anything, but I figured I'm going to buy it since he was at the convention. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the panels, uh, some of them, I don't, I think you day did you go just Saturday and Sunday? Uh, no, I got
1: there. I got there Friday. We had seen the mall rats panel.
2: Yes. Um, mm-hmm.
1: which was like, I think a five o'clock panel.
2: Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. I remember now. Yes, you got there later, and mm-hmm. I had to leave right as you were going coming yes. in. Correct. Yeah, I had to pick up Correct. my wife from work. So yeah. So I saw that you probably missed some of these, but Mara Wilson, who was the littlest daughter from uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, and she was in Matilda. She had a really okay. good panel. Let's see, Richard Dreyfus had a pretty good panel.
1: I did see that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was on Saturday. That's yeah. Right. That was
1: on Saturday. That was a little. That got a little weird. Uh huh uh it just kind of it, yeah it got a little weird a lot little, little uncomfortable towards mm-hmm. the end especially yes. like he kept trying to talk about his book
2: Hmm. Hmm. right no that's a good point that's a good point i noticed he kind of bordered on what seemed like i don't know about conspiracy theories now you miss jesse ventura <laughs> yes the i did what did he go into some conspiracy theories <laughs> that was a that, very interesting panel let me just tell you
1: yeah that dude he's he's kind of been a little weird for quite a while mm-hmm.
2: yeah it was it was a very entertaining panel but it was uh it, it was something I'm trying to see the kelsey grammar george went panel i think was on friday as well I, did you you didn't see them did you No, that was on saturday no oh
0: that, that was, was yeah
2: that was saturday i was there you know, getting my days blurred yeah <laughs> that was a really good one kelsey Grammer, i've always loved him as fraser is just top notch and then again it ties into our field mm-hmm. so he's always he's just always been a great actor the character's always been fun he he just put on a good performance at the show george went worried me a little bit not i mean he put on a good show but he looked a little ill to me
1: yeah. And I, so did you get the impression during that panel? And, and I'm not trying to be critical of the Steel City Con staff and, and, mm-hmm. and everybody that runs it, but I get the idea that they had no
2: clue that that moderator was going to take over the q and I don't think they did. That came, it kind of came out of left field. And I think he's Kelsey Grammer's manager. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then
1: he just completely ignored the fact that George Went was there initially. Like he started mm-hmm. the Q&A with, with Kelsey Grammer before mm-hmm. before George Wendt even got on stage.
2: Yeah, it was really odd. I think it was the only panel really that had that switch in, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering why. I mean, did Kelsey Grammer want that, or you know, who knows? Right. Yeah. yeah, there was something behind it. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. The uh, let's see who else was was there during that time. Andrew McCarthy. Did you see his? I did not. No, I didn't yeah. stay for that one yeah he he was pretty good he talked a little my favorite movie with him was mannequin and then weekend in bernie's mm-hmm. it was nice he, and he got to talk a little bit about his upcoming book and about you know some experiences part of the brat pack in the 80s mm-hmm. that was pretty cool Let's see who else was there there, uh, were, there were so many panels yeah i think you had missed
1: most of the dolph lundgren panel i think you would come in late to that yes. one or yeah yes
2: i missed i only came in on the very tail end of that one
1: yeah yes. that was like the first panel of the morning on saturday and mm. i loved every minute of that i could have there listened is. to him talk for another hour mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. like i had and i mean you know a google search could have told me this but i had no idea that he came to the u.s to study to study chemical engineering at mit really yeah oh wow that's that's how he got from Sweden to the U.S. was because okay. he got into MIT.
2: Oh, that! Now that's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: I guess wow. his whole family uh, worked in engineering and chemical engineering, nice. and I guess he had obtained his bachelor's at home in Sweden, and then he wanted to continue his education. Or rather, I think his, I think more his family kind of pushed him to continue his education. That mm-hmm. uh, was the impression that I got, and then sure. he 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 ended up getting accepted into mit and he has a this guy has a master's degree in chemical engineering which is just absolutely incredible and you know we know him as as you know as as the russian in rocky four as the punisher you know from the original adaptation uh into film of the punisher and as he-man in the masters of the universe film Mm mm-hmm I mean, you, you see him play all these roles because he's, you know, he's a big dude. He's built. He's mm-hmm. muscular. Like, I mean, to just to think that, you know, this guy also has a hell of a brain in his head. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to be pejorative towards him. No, but it's just you don't you you don't if you don't look at what he's done or what brought him to the US and you only see him as an actor. Yeah. You're missing out on so much of his story.
2: Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I I didn't know the chemical engineering part that's Mm-mm. that's really fascinating. So Ivan so instead of being a chemical engineer, he was Ivan Drago. <laughs> right? And cool. and I and that was his debut film role. Like
1: he he just happened to see about the audition
2: for it. He went to it and,
1: and got the part. Wow.
2: Yeah, you know, so yeah, I mean, so I thought overall Steel City Con was great. I got a lot of good collectibles and saw the some great panels and got my mug. I thought I was happy. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. you?
1: I mean, uh, as far as my personal collectibles, I, I, I love art prints, um, mm-hmm. so I bought a ton. A ton of art prints. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I bought so many different sizes. I bought some eleven by seventeens. I bought some eight by tens. I bought some eleven by fourteens. I bought mm-hmm. five by sevens, four by sixes. I got them all, man. Nice. Um, Great. there was right as you exited the doors from the um from the Q and A room. So if you exited uh, as you were as you turned around to leave the Q and A room. If you exited out of the right set of doors, if you went down the first uh, section of Artist Alley, mm-hmm. this this artist was right there. He had basically he was, um, kind of the first booth, mm-hmm. right? I think his I think his booth was like basically was the one that started the aisle where uh, the five of first was on the end cap. I want to say that he was like basically corner from them, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he had some of the most incredible art. Uh He had, and I really, really had to stop myself from buying mm-hmm. uh, a, a stretched canvas uh a, a original of uh, of some of the art pieces that he had. He had some really cool Trek pieces and they were all black light paint reactive. Whoa. Okay. And then if you bought one of the stretched canvases, you also got a black light to put mm-hmm. nearby so that you could show it off, show off the... uh the you know the black light
2: paint yeah was that the dude that was in the Star Trek uniform? I believe he might have been one of the days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Do you mind if I ask how much those prints were? Uh they were actually f- pretty reasonably priced. I think
1: the smaller canvas was like uh, the smallest canvas was like one twenty five, and I think it meant uh, I think at most if you got the biggest print that he had, it was uh-huh. maybe three and a quarter.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So
1: relatively fair prices i mean if you bought one for 325 dollars, it was a big canvas
2: yeah so it wasn't a waste of money no 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 okay. no not at all well nice i'm gonna check him out the next time i i didn't get i didn't get to see that like i said i'm not really big on on art so i don't mm-hmm. do a lot in artist alley i, I like more of the main area where it's got yeah. all the toys and stuff you know in the videos but uh yeah, I think it was it was it was a great convention. Do you have any other things you enjoyed about it? Um, there was one vendor, and yes. I'm
1: probably going to. I actually uh, I actually talked to her, and she was kind enough to just do a, a very quick spot interview with me, just to talk about her pieces of art that she had out on the main show floor.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm
1: probably going to add that little interview as a clip to this episode. Nice. Somewhere I'm not sure where, but she was making these like wooden figures. They were. Kind of like, um, they were like almost like she made them out of wooden pegs. Like she turned wooden pegs into like figures from a whole bunch of different pop culture franchises. Mm -hmm. Like she had a bunch of different uh, versions of Jason Voorhees from the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm -hmm. She had a set. She had sets of figures from everything from uh, from Beetlejuice to the never ending story to stranger things to uh, I mean, she had some star Trek, some star Wars sets. She had a whole bunch of really cool mm-hmm. uh, these figures. And, and I don't know. I just, I, I, I've never seen art that just popped to me. Like I, my eyes were immediately drawn to her display mm-hmm. uh, on the show floor. And I was like, I knew I had to, to ask her about her inspiration uh, for all of this, and, and it it turns out that she's, you know, she's just a fan of everything pop culture. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, so. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You did show me some of the art that you got during the mm-hmm. convention. It was incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Stuff you mm-hmm. found. Oh, yeah, there were some yeah. amazing artists at this mm-hmm. show, and, and I'm so happy to have supported so many of them by buying their pieces. Sure,
2: absolutely. Uh,
1: and as a reminder, you know, our, our podcast is running its first ever giveaway, and I was able to get some of those artists to donate pieces so that we could give away on the show. Mm-hmm. So That's wonderful! we have the contest running right now. I don't have an end date in mind. And honestly, if you're listening to the show and you enjoy it, you can enter the contest pretty easily. You just have to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a five-star rating and written review uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify only does star ratings, but just screenshot your ratings once they're posted and email them to our uh, show email address logs, lightsaberspod at gmail.com. And, uh, you'll be entered to win the contest. I, I will ship to the U S or Canada. So if you're living in, uh, any of those countries, you can enter to win. So please, um, Give us a review and, and you have a chance to win some pretty cool artwork. So uh, check our social media posts and you'll find the artwork that's up for grabs in the first contest. So, uh, yeah, check that out.
2: Nice. Very nice. Um, as, yeah. So did you get any autographs or photo ops this time around? Not this time around. Just, just money wise. Now, with William Shatner coming back in August, I even though I've met him twice, got his photo op twice and two autographs. I it's William Shatner. I wouldn't care if I met him again. And and as of now, there's no VIP package. I'm Mm keeping an eye out for that. I, I definitely want to would, I don't mind getting a third one of him, you know, especially since he's 92 years old and this might be the last time I get to see him. You never know. You never know. And uh, so that's a possibility. But like I was saying to you before the show, Billy D Williams is coming to the convention Mm -hmm. and he's, he's, he's getting older, too. I, I don't want to make it look like it's like, you know, they're like dying or anything like that. Right. But I mean, if the reality is, you know, people, we all get older and, you know, never know if he'll ever come back here. So he's a possibility I might try to get his, too. Nice. nice. How about you? Um, I think
1: if if I do break my typical no autograph or photo rule, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think I would want to meet ming um, okay. because she's just a badass in everything mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she's been in so many Disney and, and Lucasfilm projects. Uh, you know, she's, she's made her mark on, on so much that I'm a fan of it. Sure. Yeah. You know, I would definitely love the chance to uh, at least get a photo with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Billy D if I, again, if I were going to break my rule of no autographs or photos, I would mm-hmm. try to get Billy D because I, I would have loved to meet Carrie Fisher. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the only time that, you know, well, I had, I, and, you know, I know we had talked about Star Wars Celebration uh, and my experience there several years ago in a past episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know she would have been there had she not passed away. And I just kind of, I don't want that to happen again. Sure. You know, if, if I can meet a Star Wars actor at, at some point in my life, and especially somebody who made such a mark on me at, at, so young as, as Billy D. Williams? I mean, yeah, I, I
2: think, I think I better if I'm going to make it happen, it's it's got to be at this next con. Sure, absolutely. No, that makes sense, and I hope that that happens for you. Just real quick, why do you have that rule of no autographs or photo ops? I don't know. I just i I'm just afraid.
1: Like I would want to have. A good, I would want to have like a positive experience with these people and, yes. and th- that I would meet. And it's not that I'm afraid that the people themselves that I meet aren't going to be fun to talk to. I'm just worried that, you know, I would like to at least have a little bit of a conversation. And I know that's not always the possible sure. because of the lines, you know, they have to keep them moving. But I just, I don't know. I just. I would prefer to have more interaction than stand here for a photo, smile, wave,
2: whatever, and then mm-hmm. okay, you know, we got your money. Now go. Sure. No, I got you. But you never know; just a real quick word or two could make a difference. I told you when I first met Shatner, he saw me in my yellow Star Trek shirt, and he actually told me I like your shirt, and I looked at him dumbfounded and said, "Well, I like yours too." <laughs> you know, so just that, just that moment, just that's that's that. It's yeah. perfect. You yeah. know, and that'll never ever be taken away. You know, so it could happen. It, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um,
1: we'll see. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh,
1: that's a, that's still several months away. So yes. Um. So I know we had talked about the one cosplay with uh, the the person dressed up as Darth Vader as mm-hmm. the Easter Bunny. Did you see any other cool cosplay that you wanted to talk about or point out?
2: i did see some but i can't remember them be with you. <laughs> you know friday was a blur because i was going through all the different vendors and then saturday mm-hmm. most of my saturday was actually in the in the showroom watching the panels so i didn't get to see a whole lot of the cosplayers as much as i want i think there was like a yeah. count dooku walking around which was really cool uh let's see who else there was a, uh, I think, a TIE fighter pilot walking around mm-hmm. the first day. Do you, so you know who I'm talking about? I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, trying to think. Who else? There was somebody walking around a stitch on Friday. <laughs> Did you see that person? as A big, no. big, big hole stitch? No, I missed that one. Yeah. Um, so there was that one. Those are the only ones that really stick out. What about you? Did you see anything? I did, and I wish I kind I would have
1: gone up and and interacted with him. But there was this guy walking around. I, I'm pretty sure he was walking around all three days. He was basically uh, cosplaying as a non-player character from video games, from like RPG video games. You know, okay. Somebody, you know, you're playing a video game, and you go into this town, right? And then you mm. you find a, you know you you walk up to a character who is standing there that, you know, they might have like an exclamation point over their head or like a question mark. You know, it's, it, it's meant to tell you the player that that's somebody that you can talk to or get a quest mm-hmm. from. Right. Okay. So there was this guy walking around with an exclamation point over top of his head. <laughs> and then he was wearing a sign that said, press X to talk. And if oh. you walked up to him and you press the X on his, on his sign,
2: mm-hmm. he would talk to you. Oh, Nice. they would act like a video game character yes that that, that's that's the i mean some of the stuff that you see these people come up with it's really it's really creative and really amazing
1: yeah it's such a simple con costume and such a simple concept but it just it was it was brilliant (laughs) yeah
2: exactly sometimes simple is best yeah you know yeah
1: so any other things about steel city con that you want to mention before we wrap this up
2: uh not so much about the show itself the stella parada it's become a tradition now that we go to dinner at a mexican restaurant right up the street <laughs> so we uh we actually my our ship's commanding officer in in uh in the in the club the actual bigger starfleet international just promoted her to fleet captain nice her rank so she she made a joke about it she said she bought a cake and so we we celebrated her fake promotion <laughs> you know <laughs> and we had a blast we i mean it got to the point where some people were staring at us and i don't like being the center of attention but yeah. uh it was it was fun we had a good time we were laughing have, having a blast so yeah you know yeah for sure uh yeah i um
1: I thought it was a great show. I, I was really happy to get back into going to a con again. It has been far too long. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it was kind of nice to, you know, really, really get my, get back into the con scene and, and have such a good experience and have such a fun time at Still City Con. Yes. Um, I, I'm excited for the one in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you and I were talking about it before the show. Um, it's right before I come back to work from the summer break. So yes. Uh, it'll be a nice way to, to kick off <laughs> the, the or rather to end my summer vacation, I guess. Nice. Very nice. I think that's going to do it for us for episode 26 of Captain's Logs and Lightsabers podcast. My name is Jonathan. I'm always joined by my co-host, Chris. I'm not sure what episode we're going to do next. It will probably be a full breakdown of either Mando or Picard season three, so stay tuned and and subscribe to the podcast so you know what's coming up next and you'll, you'll get new episode notifications as soon as they're released if you subscribe to us so check us out if you haven't already subscribe if you're not already and enter that contest by giving us some reviews until the next episode of captain's logs and lightsabers may the force be with you and live long and prosper Hey, this is Jonathan. I'm wandering the show floor at Steel City Con, and I came across one of the vendors out on the show floor that had some of the most incredible art. And I just had to uh, stop and, and see if she was willing to talk to us for a bit. So uh, this is Trisha, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about her inspiration and about the medium that she uses for her art.
0: Hi, so I'm Trisha and I have a little business called Paints and Peoples and um, essentially we just love pop culture. So I like to, you know, paint different uh, TV shows and just things from my childhood and uh, things we all loved as kids from the 80s and 90s. Yeah,
1: there is so much pop culture on this table. I mean, anything you can think of from the 80s up until today, you We've got representation for Among Us, for Friday the 13th, even the, uh, even the NES version of the Friday the 13th game with the purple and green Jason. There's a figure for that on this table. So one of my favorite things is just wandering the show floor and coming across unique art like this. Um, these are little wooden figures. I'm going to let Trisha tell you a little bit about how she was inspired to adapt this medium and, and make it her own.
0: Well, like I said, we love pop culture in our family, and um, I started by just having, we had a sleepover. Um, my kids and some of their cousins slept over, and we were just trying to think of a craft or something to do to keep them busy, and we had a bunch of little wooden people, and we just started painting them, and then my kids uh, started requesting certain things, and then my friends started requesting certain things, and all of a sudden, it just became madness. <laughs> There were so many different pegs and peoples around the house that I just had to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> but now I'm uh, now I'm absolutely just obsessed with just painting them. And it it really does. Uh, it brings a lot of fun into my life and I just enjoy it.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Trisha. Much appreciated. And uh, yeah, uh, hope to see you at future cons and see what you come up with for them.